everyone. Welcome. Uh, Terry Donahue was not able to chair the meeting, so our vice chair, John Thomas, was kind enough to help us out. And uh, welcome to everyone. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'd like to call the meeting of uh, July 8th, 2020 to order. And Kent, do we want to, do we need to recognize any alternates? Yeah, I'm not aware of any alternates, and I don't see any uh, on my screen, but if there is an alternate out there and you can identify yourself uh, and who you're representing, that would be fantastic. Okay, I'm going to go to the next item, which is consider approval of the meeting minutes for May 27th, and I will need a motion in a second. I'll move. Second, Hayden. Any discussion on this item? Okay, all those in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes. Uh, this, the next item is setting the next board meeting date. Uh, time and location. The, the date we have is September 23rd. I suspect it will be uh, on Zoom once again. Um, yep, that's that's the tentative plan. Uh, we'll have a, a pretty full agenda in September. And like you said, um, John, I think we all probably anticipate the same thing. It'll probably likely be Zoom again. And we'll just keep doing this until either the state tells us we can't or we're, we're all more comfortable than we are today. Okay, great. Uh, item two would be any public discussion of items not on the agenda. There's anyone present uh, who would like to speak to any item not on the agenda. Um, please do so. Not seeing anyone wishing to speak to anything. So I will move on to uh, item three in the agenda, the transportation planning. Uh, the first, first item is a public hearing and consideration of resolutions of adoption and certification for the fiscal year 21-24 MPOJC transportation improvement program. And Brad will be making a presentation of that program. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Brad Newman, Associate Transportation Planner. Um, this is your final uh, FY21 to 24 Transportation Improvement Program for board approval. Uh, the TIP is our annual local programming document for federal and state surface transportation and transit projects. Uh, you may remember at your May meeting, you approved the draft TIP project list and the final uh, 21 to 24 TIP is attached. It just, I just wanted to take a couple minutes and go over some of the things, uh, point out some of the things in the plan. Uh, all surface transportation block grant and transportation alternative program grant uh, projects awarded by the board last year are now included in the 21 to 24 TIP. This includes Iowa City's Dodge Street Improvement Project, uh, which received over $3.7 million in STBG funds in North Liberty's North Liberty Trail Project, which received over 648000 
in TAP funds, and both of those are programmed in FY24. Uh, Coralville's FY2021 illustrative project for their uh, First Avenue I-80 interchange project. Uh, we removed that since the draft. Um, I, in talking to Iowa DOT, they said we don't need it in there twice. And it's, uh, they, DOT is program funding in FY24 for that project, so we removed the illustrative project. I did talk to uh, City of Coralville about that, and they're fine with that as well. Um, all projects under contract with the DOT have been removed. Um, all STBG and TAP projects not completed in FY20 have been carried over to FY21, and the total project amounts have been increased by 4% for inflation. All Iowa DOT projects in our planning area are also included in the TIP. Just to remind you at your May meeting, you also opted out of the federal aid swap, uh, which means all local projects will continue to be programmed and completing, completed according to federal guidelines as they have in the past. Uh, the transit TIP uh, section uh, includes Section 5307 operating assistance funding. Uh, that will be apportioned by the board next January. Uh, you'll be apportioning just over $2.9 million. Um, I don't know if you remember this past year, FY20, uh, we apportioned $2.8 million, so it's a little bit of an increase. Uh, and the estimates for those, uh, all three transit agencies are reflected in the TIP. Uh, the bus and equipment replacement projects, uh, which we, you approved in your FY21 program of projects, is also included in the TIP. And Iowa City Transit's electric bus replacement costs have been updated since you saw the draft TIP. Um, this is something new to DOT. Um, so they have not programmed any electric buses in the TIP yet. So we had to work with them on, on how to do that. So uh, I guess that's a credit to Iowa City Transit for, uh, for doing that. Uh, in addition to the project lists, uh, the TIP includes uh, project status reports, past projects, uh, the MPO's public input process, uh, the MPO's project selection procedures that we use in STBG and TAP projects, uh, including the scoring criteria, uh, a review of the uh, fiscal constraint review of the TIP, a financial analysis of transit projects, and states, statements regarding performance-based planning measures. Uh, these are things you've approved over the last couple of years, uh, and that's for highway safety, uh, pavement and bridge projects, freight, and transit asset management. Um, the MPO, we did publish a uh, TIP hearing notice uh, 30 days in advance uh, of today's meeting. All agencies um, on the NPO's public input list were contacted, and public notice posters were placed on all the transit vehicles in the urbanized area. Um, we have not received any comment from the public, uh, and we, so Staff is requesting approval of the FY21 to 24 TIP, uh, and, and we will be uh, submitting this to the Iowa DOT 
Federal Highway Administration and the Federal Transit Administration uh, by July 15th. I'll take any questions if you have them, or we're just we're looking for approval. Any questions for Brad? Okay, not hearing any questions. I'm going to open the public hearing. Anyone wishing from the public to speak on this item? Not seeing anyone, I'm going to close the public hearing. The 911 police emergency. And uh, would uh, like to open it up for um, a motion to approve. This is Hoffman, so moved. Hayden. Any discussion on this item? Okay, I would like to ask uh, those who are in favor of the item to please say aye. 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 Thank you. Any, any opposed? The resolution passes. The, um, we then have a, a second item considering a resolution uh, certifying compliance with the federal requirements for conducting the urban transportation planning process in the Iowa City urbanized area. Can I have a motion to approve that resolution? So move, Mazahir. Second, Hoffman. I have a first and second. Any discussion on this item? Not hearing any discussion. Um, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing no opposition, the resolution passes. And uh, we then move on to the um, next item, which is the update from the DOT District 6 staff on the I-380, I-80 corridor projects. Um, this is uh, Steve McElmeal. Uh, Kathy asked me to uh, join you guys and give you a little uh, update on uh, the 8380 uh, interchange project and the I-80 corridor going east to West Branch. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share my video so you guys can all see me, hopefully. How's it going tonight, guys? Um, and then I'm also going to share a uh, graphic that I got. So I'm going to share take the screen here. Um, do you mind? Uh, I don't know who the host is. Do you mind sharing? Uh, allow me to share my screen. Or I can talk without it. You should be good to go. Okay. So hopefully, 
I'm sharing this uh, graphic um, of our 8380 interchange project. Can everyone see that? Yep, we can. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So basically what this graphic shows is the green is what we, we are currently working on right now, which is the grading and a, a, a few bridges and uh, the big flyover from eastbound to northbound and um, all, all the stuff that we've been doing up till now. That is scheduled for completion in November of this year. Uh, so far, I have not heard that we are uh, behind schedule. Um, I know it is uh, an aggressive schedule, so it still remains to be seen, but I think we st are still on schedule for finishing this work in November of this year. Uh, the purple that is shown here is our next large package that we're going to be letting in December. Um, it was originally scheduled for July, but with the uncertainty with COVID and, and things like that, they we have moved it to December. And that is uh, work that will be completed in calendar year 2021 and calendar year 2022 with substantial completion. It should be the end of 2022. Uh, it's a lot of work. Um, but it is still, uh, we still feel like it's, uh, it's a schedule we can uh, meet. Um, so that's basically the gist of 8380 interchange. Does anybody have any questions on, on that work before I go to the uh, 80 corridor going heading east? Okay, not hearing any questions. I'll just go ahead and go to, uh, I'm going to stop that share and I'm gonna do a, try to do another one. Well, maybe I won't. I think I'll just uh, narrate this uh, next section. So this, this is not, this next section is the uh, 80 corridor, basically uh, from 1.5 miles east of Iowa one, to 0.5 miles east of uh, County Road X30. And um, I had to get a little bit of a narrative from my, my counterpart here in the district office, the assistant district engineer, because this is not under construction yet. And so his, uh, his statement saying that this work is, is uh, planned work is widening the interstate for four to six lanes and reconstructing the IED Herbert Hoover Interchange, improving the I-80 uh, County Road X-30 interchange ramps, reconstructing two bridges over the I-80, uh, the low, Lower West Branch Road and Wapsie Avenue, and a bunch of miscellaneous culverts and erosion control. Um, currently, this project, the, the first phase of this project is scheduled to be let in December as well. Um, it will include, this, this package will include the 80, I-80 and the Herbert Hoover interchange uh, in grading and, and construction. Um, the first package will be doing the grading off of alignment. So uh, we will not have any, any construction or any traffic impacts in calendar year 2021. Uh, the Herbert Hoover bridge berms will be will be in 2021 and they will need to uh, 
have 90 days worth of settlement. So that that uh, bridge will be remain open for during 2021, but then the the following year it'll be it'll be impacted. Um, right now, it is scheduled, like I said, to begin uh, December December of 2020, uh, pending any COVID-related funding shortfalls. Because I think this is one of the projects that we have identified that we could push if if funding does not come through for uh, for the state like we like we planned. Does anybody have any questions on the eighty corridor headed east? Steve, can you tell us again how far east uh, this construction will go? Is it to the West Branch exit or just the one just just past that um, main exit? So the work we've uh, that that I've identified that we know that I know of is is just to 0.5 miles east of X30. So I think that is the West Branch exit. It is. So it's a half mile past that that interchange. Thank you. I have a question. This is Louise. Uh, is is this uh, how many miles is the whole project? Is it? Off the top of my head, uh, I mean, I guess I can probably do a yeah, quick, just an quick measurement on Google Earth, but I, I, I think it's from, uh, let me get that info for you here. I'll just do a quick measurement. Well, Steve's looking that up. I will mention we work with the Presidential Museum and at the Herbert Hoover Highway Interchange, we're gonna have some plaques um, that are commemorative um, and have information about the museum and about President Hoover's life. Um, so people that are using the trail on the bridge will be able to stop and look at those. Oh, nice. Um. Let's see here. I am getting approximately approximately six miles, maybe a little over six miles, but but around six miles worth of uh, widening. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's very unscientific. So there's a quick Google Earth measurement, but I think it's accurate. Anybody else? All right, thank you for uh, letting me join you today. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve and Catherine. Uh, the, the next item is uh, item C, the update on the MPO long range transportation plan revision process. Emily, you're going to be presenting that? Yes, thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, Emily Bothell, I'm the Senior Associate Transportation Planner. As mentioned at your May meeting, the MPO is um, actively updating our long-range transportation plan, and we're aiming to update the content and to make changes where necessary, um, but we hope to keep most of the framework um, that's outlined in the current plan because thanks to 
resident input, municipal official input, and elected official input, um, I'm sorry, municipal staff input and elected official input. Um, the plan structure is very user friendly. So we hope to keep that with this new update. To keep the board apprised of our long range transportation planning undertakings, I detailed a list of items that staff will be prepared to share with the policy board for comment this fall. And I'll briefly touch on each of those today. So to begin, we've started giving thought to the plan's overall vision and the guiding principles. We'll be researching other long-range transportation plans, taking a more detailed look at past and present uh, local planning efforts, and considering federal highway and DOT directives. Ultimately, we want to ensure that the vision and guiding principles um, support community goals and initiatives across the metro. We'll also share updated performance measures um, that are required as part of the latest federal transportation bill. Currently, the, um, our current plan has 21 performance measures, and so we will re-examine and update those performance measures, and then we will look at newly developed performance measures um, that are now required as part of that federal transportation bill. These measures will convey how well our activities and strategies are working towards um, achieving our goals that are outlined in the plan. <clears throat> Staff will also be conducting a needs assessment, um, asking MPO communities to submit capital infrastructure um, needs projects for the years 2022 through 2050, um, and those will be considered for inclusion in the plan. These projects are those for which communities, um, they anticipate the use of federal funding for, um, and these go hand in hand with our scoring criteria. Our criteria is used to help prioritize those projects that are submitted by each of the entities, um, and they help create a fiscally constrained list of projects for inclusion in the plan. Um, which is required by the Federal Highway Administration, the concept of a, a fiscally constrained um, list of projects. Um, let's see here. So we'll also make sure that these projects are available for public input this fall and early winter. So while we are, are scoring those projects, um, we'll also be looking for input from the public um, and then we'll be bringing that back to our Transportation Technical Advisory Committee and the board. The Metro's arterial streets plan map is also included within the long range transportation plan. This map is intended to reflect existing arterial streets, but then it also provides a very general um, framework for what um, is anticipated in the future. And I say general because some alignments may not be final. So staff will be working with um, each municipality to identify any changes to that map as well. Lastly, um, coincident with the update of the long range plan is the update of the MPOJC travel demand model. And the model is used to help understand how traffic patterns may change in response to land use changes and to provide forecasted traffic volumes into the future. The update is a considerable undertaking. Um, it will require both MPO staff time and a dedicated staff person at the DOT um, and it will take us approximately 18 months to complete that travel demand model. 
So in the coming weeks, staff will be contacting MPO entities for assistance in developing that future growth for the urbanized area. In that growth, which is um, changes in land uses, housing units, population, um, plus the anticipated transportation network changes um, will drive those future um, forecasted projections. So I wanted to give um, you all a better understanding of the building blocks and uses of the model. Um, so I would like to play a short video. Um, the video was developed by the DOT in conjunction with HDR and it's just a very general overview of what a travel demand model um, is and how it can be helpful for our metro. Planning for investments in the transportation system is a complex process. One of the greatest challenges transportation planners face is imagining what can and should happen to the transportation system in the future. While the process would be much easier if there was a crystal ball that could help provide guidance, deciding when, where, and what to build requires planners to use a sophisticated and more reliable method for looking into the future that doesn't include fortune telling at all. Instead, they use travel demand models. No matter the mode of transportation, we strive to provide a safe and efficient system that offers people options for travel, whether by truck, car, bus, bike, or walking. Planners study the current and long-term travel needs. We look at the current system and how well it accommodates today's travel demands and examine what transportation changes might be needed to accommodate growth. Planning is a collaborative process that is conducted by government agencies such as state departments of transportation, metropolitan planning organizations, and the federal government. These agencies are responsible for making sure the right information is included in planning efforts. We are planning today for what transportation needs will be in the future. Planners help create transportation systems with lasting value. Additionally, transportation planning is often required to receive federal funding and is helpful in performing other activities such as disaster recovery planning. Travel demand models are one of the primary tools in our planning toolbox. A travel demand model helps planners simulate the interaction between land development and transportation by adding data about a community into a computer application. Planners use and interpret these models to forecast how people will travel and the resulting transportation needs for the future. They analyze future land use development and how travel across the system will change and grow as a result. Within the model, planners organize the community into travel analysis zones. These zones are areas used to represent the number of trips people are making, where they are going to and coming from, how they're getting there, and what route they are taking. The model is tailored to imitate what the community looks like today. Planners factor in characteristics about the community's existing land use, transportation system, and travel habits that explain how, where, and by whom trips are made. It provides a realistic representation of current travel in the community that accounts for projected growth and offers a reasonable look into the future. Planners use the results of a travel demand analysis 
to identify how travel will change and where future congestion may take place. When options are tested, we can determine which solutions may best reduce congestion. These models help the Iowa DOT and local planning agencies more successfully identify and prioritize projects. They also help us avoid over or underbuilding the system and appropriately plan for construction. With all of this information, we're better equipped to make informed decisions about system growth, improvements, and investments. As Iowa continues to evolve, so too will our transportation system. Planners need the right tools to guide these changes. Travel demand models provide them with clear information and the direction they need to help plan for the future of our state. questions you have about uh, the plan in general or the travel demand model Hello. and My as always staff sorry about that sorry about that someone was teaching us about the basics of transportation planning on YouTube um, I was saying that MPO staff is always available for um, a short presentation. If you or um, any of your um, committees or commissions would like to know more about the long range plan. Any questions or comments? Emily, uh, I do have a question. Uh, for the needs assessment and project selection, what is the window or the time frame that you're going to be coming or asking the cities, uh, the entities to propose our projects? So we'll be reaching out in the next few weeks and we'll probably um, allow for a, a one to two month window for you to submit those projects. Um, and then the project time frame, we're looking for projects between 2022 and 2050. 2022 and 20 what? To 2050. Okay. And, and Steve, this is Kevin Olson. Uh, we know that's a difficult thing to do. Um, you know, asking a, a municipality to identify all of their transportation needs, uh, you know, for the next 30 some odd years. Um, and that's why we start early. And, uh, you know, typically what we do is we'll have three time bands. Uh, maybe in 10-year increments, and that seems to make it a little bit easier where that first 10 years has obviously more projects in it than the middle time band would, and then once you get out in that next, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, it just gets really difficult. So what we see a lot of in those years are um, overlays of certain portions of town. You know, we can get pretty general with our, with our projects at that point. So when uh, Emily and I reach out here in the coming months, we'll be sure to talk that through with your engineers and and staff and, and make sure you guys have the information you need. Yeah, we'll be we'll be looking for help because uh, a small community like ours doesn't have professional planners, obviously. So uh, we just kind of guess and we're growing so fast and tipping that 
you know, we don't necessarily know where the growth or where the traffic patterns are going to be. We, we're just a little bit guessing. So we'll be relying on uh, some professional help from, from Emily and, and your staff. So Doug and I will probably get back to you guys. Uh, we'll probably make some initial ideas and selections but and start working on that fairly soon because there's a couple of things that I think will be coming, but we don't have any evidence of it. Sure. So we'll be working with you. Sure. No, thanks for that, Steve. Yep, that's what we're here for. We're happy to help, and and you'll be hearing from Emily or I here in in the in the coming month or so. Yeah, that sounds. Good. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Oh, I have just a. Um, I'm sorry, John. Uh, Kent and Emily, I just uh, had a question on the um, COVID. You know, the influence that might have. Um, on both land use and transportation projections into the future. It seems our, our future now is not as uncertain as I've ever seen it. And um, so trying to project into that uncertainty, uh, has there been any, any discussion about that? So there has not been um, any discussion in terms of model development because our model base year is 2018. So all of the data that we're acquiring um, will have that base year and data um, from, from sources um, in that 2018 year. And so, you know, 2020, 2021, um, those are more interim years. And so we'll just have to look at how that is projected out, um, you know, in 2032, 2042. Um, but we have not had um, any further discussions with the DOT regarding that. Yeah, and, and that's a good question, John. I think to, to expound on that a little bit, I think that, you know, that this is all uncharted territory. Um, as Emily mentioned, we work pretty closely with the DOT on this. They've actually got a staff of about three or four people that only work on the development of models. So they're sort of in the know nationwide, you know, things that we may not be hearing or things we may not be seeing in terms of model development. So we work really closely with them and, and uh, we'll just have to do the best we can. You know, it's, it's just, uh, <laughs> given the times we're in, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of information from the DOT that overall um, Iowa average daily traffic counts were down, I think at one point, maybe like 60%. Uh, but what we are seeing and some of the numbers we're seeing now is those might back, be back up to around 80%. Uh, don't quote me on those numbers, but I think, you know, we're already seeing a major uptick. And I know just from my own travels, I'm seeing things normalize quite a bit. So just depends on how this goes and if we get another spike and, and how, how that goes in the future. So good question. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Um, I just have a really general question from watching the video and looking at how the modeling is sort of giving you a picture of where we are now and then trying to project into the future, how do you anticipate different modes of transportation? Like I hear, you know, six miles of lane expansion on Interstate 80, and then I think about, you know, for decades we've been talking about regional light rail and, you know, how do you, how do you make like a shift in a mode of transportation of a huge scale when the modeling is based on kind of what's happening right now? So that's a great question, um, and it's a difficult question to answer um, because the model is run off of whatever inputs are put into the model. And so if there's no regional um, light rail or something like that, the model is not going to be able to project changes 
um, or an impact that that would have on the rest of the transportation network. So it really is just taking a look at um, how, what, what's existing today and then based on the projects that the communities submit, um, how it will change into the future. And so um, we do have the ability to take a look at like walk links and bus links. Um, our model has a transit component. So depending on current transit routes and stops, um, you know, we can use the model in which to um, project changes if there are more riders um, of transit or there's more people walking. The, the one thing we can do additionally, Laura, is that what we can do with the model is we can actually say, okay, if Iowa City wants to build an arterial street, uh, maybe an extension of McAllister, for instance, uh, this is what it does to the rest of the transportation network. But we can also take that link out and say, if we don't build that street, this is what it does with the rest of the transportation network. And some of that can be picked up with transit, of course. Um, but we can also then sort of use our best guess to say, if we, if we don't build that road, this is what it does to the travel patterns, uh, vehicular travel patterns. But then we could also say, what if we would replace road X with a trail, for instance, or better transit or something like that. So even though the model may not give us exactly what we want, it does give us a tool to still be able to, to try and figure out if we can replace that with other modes, so to speak. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good question. Any other questions, comments? Okay, thank you. Um, going to move on to item four, other business. Anyone have anything you would like to um, bring to us? Uh, Mr. Chairperson, I did have one thing. This is Kent Ralston speaking, um, just jumping in before anybody else has anything. Uh, I did want to mention that back in January, you will all remember that we put together a bylaws committee uh, to look at our bylaws that we have to look at every five years. Uh, and we did have some question about ECCOG representation, um, as well as some other things that folks had asked us to look into. Uh, just by way of a quick update, we have met as a committee. Uh, we were gonna meet back in March, and then with the COVID, we, we sort of pushed that. Uh, but we have now met once, uh, had a great conversation, and we've got some information back out to the committee just to chew on. And then hopefully we'll have some recommendations to bring back to this board for action at your September meeting. Uh, the goal being that we have all that sort of wrapped up by January, because if there's any, uh, well, because the, the rural board will also have to vote on that, and they, they only typically meet in January. So that'll give us a meeting or two as uh, the urban board to sort of mull over whatever changes come out of the committee, and then we'll take those changes as well uh, to the rural board in January, and uh, hopefully everyone will be on board with uh, whatever changes we might come up with. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Any, any other business that anyone would like to bring up? Okay. Uh, I would entertain a motion for adjournment. Taylor, so moved. Need a second? Second. Thank you. Uh, any discussion? Uh, all those in favor of adjourning, please say aye. 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 aye.
Aye. Yeah. And opposed? Okay, we are adjourned. Thank you. Thank all. you so much, everyone. I appreciate your time. Thank you.